Talk of the Town is a public service program produced by Midwest Family Springfield, airing Sunday morning on 92.7 WMAY, 98.7 WNNS, 97.7 WQLZ, and 102.5 The Lake. The mission of the show is to provide you with new information on the great organizations and great people in the Springfield area who work hard to make things easier for others throughout our community and to make Springfield a better place to live. The intent of this program is to be timely, topical, to entertain, and to inform. And good morning. This is, of course, Talk of the Town, and this is, of course, your host, Trent Nelson. We're always happy to have you. We hope that you enjoyed our last episode where we spoke with Don Hanrahan of the Sangamon Valley Sierra Club. He gave us the rundown on some documents that were obtained through Freedom of Information Act some time ago about Hunter Lake and about what the U.S. EPA considers of the project as laid out by CWLP. We spoke about Hunter Lake. We spoke about Lake Springfield. We spoke about water. We spoke about keeping water clean. All, of course, very pertinent topics with the newest budget just passed for fiscal year 2024 by the city of Springfield. Wonderful discussion. But as it relates to this episode, we have our great friend Brooke Dunn of the Central Illinois Food Bank, where we discussed food insecurity. Last time we had her down was during the last holiday season. Of course, food insecurity is one of those blights upon human society that is not seasonal. But 365 days a year, 366 during leap years, it is serious business. And Brooke Dunn came down to discuss with us why it is so important to care for one another, what we can do to donate our resources, our time, our energy to fix this eternal struggle and why it is worth our while to do so. Why, in fact, it is good to help others and how that in turn ends up helping ourselves out to varying degrees. You will hear that discussion and so much more as our discussions always do get into abstract topics and territories. So sit back, make sure that your waffle is properly prepared, that you've got some nice orange juice and a bit of bacon, sausage, whatever you like. Maybe you don't like meat, okra, as I mentioned previously, some eggs. It's all good because this is Talk of the Town and this is your host, Trent Nelson. Let's go. Talk of the town here, Trent Nelson, and good morning, good morning, good morning, and what a wonderful morning it is to talk about, drum roll please, food insecurity. Yeah, I know it's not a wonderfully beautiful topic on its surface, but anytime we speak about food insecurity, what we're actually getting to at its core are people. We're getting to that people need food and that we live in a society of which has plenty and yet there are still folks without plenty. There are still folks without good food, uh, without food at all in some circumstances and that's just a dreadful shame. And to talk to us about both the dreadful shame as well as uh, what's, what we're going to do to fix it. We have our lovely friend, Brooke Dunn, uh, and she is from the Central Illinois Food Bank. 
Uh, thank you so much for coming and spending some more time with us, Brooke. Thank you so much for having me again. It's always such a pleasure. The pleasure is absolutely 100% all ours. We love good, kind folks who care about other people, and certainly you fit that bill. Check all the boxes, as it were. Now, Brooke, last time we had you down here, we spoke about how we could help during the holiday season, during first the Thanksgiving season and Mm -hmm. then again in December Mm -hmm. while all of the various holidays are going on, not just one or two, there are many, right? Yes. Um, We spoke about that. We spoke with a friend indeed as well uh, in those circumstances. And we give a big shout out to the work that they do as well. But Brooke, Could you please give us a bit of a recap? How was the holiday season from the standpoint of the food bank? Absolutely. So the holidays are very busy for the food bank because we're always wanting to do those kind of extra distributions. But this year, I mean, went miles beyond what we've done. We are so incredibly grateful to those partners like Friend Indeed and also Cisco who helped us with those distributions for Thanksgiving and the holidays. We knew that there was an increase in need, but when you're doing those distributions and you see the people in the line and, you know, the mass amounts of people that came out, it really puts it in perspective right here in your neighborhood. We adjusted for the increase in need and we still went hundreds of boxes beyond that. And we adjusted for that for the holiday distribution as well. And the need was there and we still completely ran out. And so it's obviously a heartbreaking situation to see our community in but at the same time it's also lovely that we have so many partners and such a supportive community even just outside of friend indeed and cisco we had so many volunteers um you know we had people online supporting us spreading the word that was really heartwarming to see everybody on social media spreading the word, helping families, you know, putting them in those Facebook groups, all of those shares really do make a difference. And all of the interaction we get on social media really, you know, it warmed my heart to see that our community really does care about getting food out to people. Absolutely. Uh, We say whenever we discuss philanthropic endeavors across the community, the community, uh, the people of it are just so caring, so giving, so generous with both their time as well as their available resources. But something that uh, that I always feel the need to, to touch upon, and you hear this a lot when you speak to the food pantries themselves. Mm-hmm. And it will go over again for our listeners who do not know as well as they might want to what the differences are between a food mm-hmm. pantry and a food bank. But when you go to the food pantries and you speak to the workers, you speak to the hierarchy, you are struck each time by their pronouncement that a large majority of the people that they serve work, Mm -hmm. that they have jobs, they may have 
uh, low-income housing. They may have higher-income housing in some circumstances, but that their wages do not meet their consumptive needs. Absolutely. Uh, can can you speak a bit about and on that that misconception that yes. misunderstanding? We try to identify people who need food by how we perceive they should look. Yeah, absolutely. I think something that we will hear sometimes is, especially when we have like kids groups, for example, when they think of who needs food. I think they immediately go to people who are homeless. And that is so far beyond the kind of people that really and our neighbors who need food. So certainly people who experience homelessness also need food. But we food insecurity does not discriminate. There are so many different kinds of people so who need help and I think you can kind of see it on social media a little bit more which I think is really um great to see. I think people are a bit more open about discussing their struggles and so you can kind of have a little bit more empathy towards uh certain types of people who need food. But yeah, absolutely. People who are working and are making paycheck to paycheck need it so much. And that's honestly who I see more than any other type of person is, you know, those families who they have several kids. They, you know, are working a nine to five. They don't meet eligibility requirements for low-income housing. They don't meet the requirements for state assistance and those types of things. And so they're really stuck in a bind where they really have to budget so carefully and one little thing can really set them back. And that is what I want people to really understand about food insecurity in the modern world that we live in today is that there is not one size fits all for people who need food. There are families, there are, you know, single college students who need food. Um, there are people who are experiencing homelessness who need food. But absolutely, I think that is one of the biggest misconceptions that people have this idea, um, you know, through what we've learned, you know, in society about what the kind of person is who needs food. And it is so totally not that image that people have in their head. It's families who are just trying to support their kids and want, you know, we've heard so many stories about families who the parents will just skip the meal because they want their kids to be able to eat. And that's the last thing we want. And that's a part of our mission is to provide food, but also provide creative solutions for food insecurity. So we're always trying to collect new data on, you know, what kind of people in our area are food insecure. And so we take that data and we try to find different ways to help better serve our neighbors and really meet them where they are. Super crucial, super important. We want so badly to be able to organize things in our mind. And it doesn't matter what it is. It just so happens to be in this instance that it's we would like to be able to know just by looking if a person needs food. Right. But as you noted, we can't always know. And you heard it here first, folks. Be a bit vulnerable. If you're struggling, 
There's no shame in struggling. And let the community know that you need help because the community will help you. The community will not shame you, and nor should you be shamed because, as Brooke Dunn alluded to and as the, the host of this program can note, some 50% of households across the country live paycheck to paycheck. And thusly, one small incident, one car breakdown, one pipe burst in the house, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, we're scrounging for TV dinners, and, and that's no way to live. And the Central Illinois Food Bank and all of the food pantries, many of which uh, this host has previously uh, interviewed, they're all here to help. Mm-hmm. And, and they want to help, and they want to give, and they don't want anyone to feel shame. Now, Brooke Dunn of the Central Illinois Food Bank, we're going to take a quick commercial break here, and then we'd love to have you tell our audience a bit about the differences between what the Central Illinois Food Bank routinely does and what many of our food pantries get into. Uh, Are you down? I am so down. (laughs) Hey, okay. This is... Talk of the Town with your host, Trent Nelson, and we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back to talk more food insecurity with Brooke Dunn. Sit tight. Talk of the Town, Trent Nelson, and welcome back. Brooke Dunn has not left us yet. We are thankful for that. She's from the Central Illinois Food Bank, and we are here today speaking a bit about what the food bank got into at the end of last year during the holiday season, dispelling misconceptions concerning food insecurity and who is hungry. But we've got more to talk about, Brooke. We've got to talk about the new year. It's a new year, and so we have new ambitions to to conquer food insecurity. But also, before we get there and before we let you go, what is the difference between a food bank and a food pantry, Brooke? I'm so glad you asked, Trent. (laughs) You set me up so nice. One of my greatest passions as the PR manager of the food bank is to really help the community understand what a food bank is. And even before I started to understand myself, I also thought the same thing. So a food pantry and a food bank are not synonymous. And a lot of people use those terms interchangeably. And so I really want people to understand how these processes work. So a food bank and specifically Central Illinois Food Bank, is a food distribution center. So we are, I like to call it kind of like a hub that supports, I, for us, it's over 140 partner agencies, which includes majority of pantries that you traditionally think of. So when I think of a food pantry, I think it is a small place. Typically, a lot of times it's in churches, um, a lot of like civic centers, places, a lot of community places that people are familiar with in the area. Small little area, you go in and there is, you know, non-perishable food items, maybe some fresh food items, and you can go in and get food. And those are the people that we support, but that is not what the food bank is. So the food bank, we have a huge warehouse in Springfield. We are in the old PepsiCo building off Cook Street. A lot of people are familiar with that building, but, you know, you pass by, people pass by it all the time. 
it's a big warehouse that has lots of food that we acquire through various means, you know, whether it's through grants or purchasing. We get that food and then we distribute it out to the pantry. So it is a relationship that we have with local pantries, local agencies. So um, in addition to pantries, we also work work with, you know, backpack programs and other just kind of like unique things to help support people. Um, And we're through Feeding America, which is also a huge network that supports food banks. And they are an amazing organization to be partnering with. They provide us with a lot of resources to, again, help fight food insecurity. And again, Brooke, absolutely brilliant explanation, and we appreciate your enthusiasm for education, to be sure. For our listeners, they might consider it like any corporate business functions. There is a warehouse. There is a central building that maybe you don't go to practically. And then that distributes goods to the places that you do go to, Mm -hmm. such as the Walmart, such as the Target. Mm -hmm. They don't keep all of their stuff (laughs) at each location. They keep some of their stuff at those locations, uh, but they get it sent to them from central locations. And and such is the way that food banks and food pantries function. So really brilliant uh, job letting us know how uh, our infrastructure works. The wonder of learning how things work <laughs> is, uh, is a passion of mine, to be sure. But, Brooke, before we let you go this morning, we know you're a remarkably busy person. We appreciate you taking some time to hang out with us, of course. What types of ambitions does the food bank have for 2024 as it concerns um, helping people? What can we expect in the future? We really always are trying to up our nutrition policy. So we implemented a nutrition policy fairly recently. I believe it was a maybe a year or two ago where we really wanted to prioritize giving our neighbors healthy food options. So when we say that, I also want to emphasize we are not the healthy food police. I am not a nutritionist. I am not going to sit here and tell you. Food (laughs) cop. I am not a food cop. I, you know, I enjoy, you know, sugary Starbucks drinks every day. And that's a privilege that I can do that. But we feel very passionately at the food bank that everyone at least deserves to have those options. So something that we're always trying to do is, you know, when we're looking at the numbers of the food that we distributed for the year and what percentage of that is like healthful foods, we're always trying to up that and, you know, increase it. You know, from the previous year, we there was like maybe we went up to about about 50 percent of the food that we distributed were healthful food options. So that's kind of like fresh protein, meat, dairy those types of things and right. produce, we really, really want to prioritize that. But we can also get that from non-perishable food items. So, you know, those canned foods that are low in sodium, it's very easy to see now. You can see it and like they label it very nice. So, you know, if someone's looking to help donate, we take, you know, lo- we take everything. But 
low in saturated fat, low in sugar, low in sodium, those types of things. We want to be able to provide those options. So we always get very excited when we get, you know, fresh produce and, you know, those non-perishable food items that are also a healthy option for people. Always trying to find creative ways to serve our neighbors. So something that we did is we got like cooking utensils and things to distribute strategically for our neighbors. So that's something also that people I don't think really think about in terms of neighbors who are hungry is a lot of times they don't have the tools or, you know, education on how to properly prep fresh foods. So in addition to that nutrition policy, we wanted to also provide people with resources to be able to cook those things. You know, a lot of times people eat processed foods because they might only have a microwave in their home or like one single stovetop and they have to adjust what they buy for the what they have in their house. A lot of people don't have working ovens and those are things that we don't think of. Certainly something that I didn't think of until I started working at the food bank of, you know, what do people have? What are the resources that people actually have? So that kind of goes in alignment with our mission, which is, you know, finding creative solutions for food insecurity, not just providing food, which is obviously our core, but doing those extra things with, you know, partners and friends of the food bank is really, really great thing that we're able to do and something that we always want to do. And coming into 2024, I can't believe it's 2024, thinking of some creative ways to help food insecurity. I swear to you, Brooke, it was just 2020. I, I, I still think it's 2017. I don't. I'm, <laughs> I'm still back in college, in sophomore year. We are. We are. <laughs> that's a discussion for another time, Brooke. Absolutely. It. It is to your point, though. It is a privilege to be able to enjoy a a sweet treat. It is not something that we should hang our hats on, although uh, I won't act as though I don't love a nice coffee or ice cream myself. I'm guilty. Yet, everyone deserves the opportunity and the chance to have healthy food. You're right, Brooke. We don't think often of person might only have one working stovetop. Person might have to rely on Chef Mike. We don't think about these things. And yet, I remember the story that I tell people sometimes. I didn't like pork growing up, and I thought it was because I didn't like pork as a protein. But it turned out that I didn't like the way that my dad prepared it. (laughs) (laughs) And so that plays a large part in it as well. We want people to eat healthy. We have to teach them how to prepare things that are healthy for them in ways that are delicious Mm -hmm. because no one wants to eat something that doesn't taste good, whether it's a hamburger or a piece of broccoli. It's got to taste good. Right. And we actually, I don't know if you're familiar with the kitchen carts that we have. Tell us more. Tell us more. Tell us more. So exciting. So exciting. You, again, clued me in perfectly. We have these kitchen carts that we've actually been doing with our distributions that we've had out in the community. It's a full 
kitchen essentially it's a mobile kitchen so not only do we have the the food distribution where people can get food for their homes but we also have a live cooking demonstration through nutritionists with siu and u of i extension so quite literally just what we were talking about of okay let's take that a step further let's provide people with the resources to be able to cook and let's show them how to cook and we absolutely love working with siu and u of i extension because to have again education from nutritionists in the area cooking delicious foods that are also healthy it doesn't get better than that and people get to have those samples and get to interact with the nutritionists and we get to do that in the community in the areas where people need it and we're meeting people where they are and i want people to know that we are always out there we really want to meet people food is so important for everybody you know you of course it is but i feel like i have to restate that you know everybody needs food and there are more people who are are facing hunger than we realize and hunger is with us 365 days a year i'm so appreciative of everybody who has supported us during the holidays but as we are thinking about our new year's resolutions you know keep us in mind central illinois food bank we are always finding creative ways to fight food insecurity. You are here first, folks. Delicious food that is healthy for you is an innovation, and it's one that we should all look to make for our own lives. Uh, we want to live the healthiest, most positive lives we can, and it starts with what we put into our bodies as fuel. It's what we oftentimes get out as the end byproduct of that. Brooke, you're just wonderful. Before we let you go, will you tell our audience how they can donate to the Central Illinois Food Bank should they have the means to do so? Absolutely. So we have a website, centralilfoodbank.org. We make it as easy as possible. If people want to donate financially, there is all a portal on there. All you have to do is put in your credit card information, and it's automatically sent. It makes it as easy as possible. Um, we also, you are welcome to donate food to our center, which is 1937 East Cook Street. And you can also donate your time. We have volunteer opportunities all the time, and we're always looking for new volunteers. Again, check out our website, centralislefoodbank.org. You can donate financially, donate your time, donate food. You know, go to our Facebook, Central Illinois Food Bank. We are always posting on there about things that are coming up and we want people to be aware of what's going on. And if you aren't able to donate, you know, something that you can do is you can share information on Facebook. It is as easy as it gets and you really are helping families when you are doing that. There are so many ways to help the community. Brooke Dunn just outlined nearly all of them. It sounds like we can donate our time, we can donate our physical resources, we can donate uh, our gift of physicality, but we can actively give our time and our effort, um, give money. It's, It's endless, and we are grateful and thankful for Brooke Dunn for coming down and spending some time with us. As always, uh, will you do it again soon? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It is such a pleasure.
The pleasure is absolutely all ours, madame. Talk of the town with Trent Nelson. We just got to hang out with Brooke Dunn of the Central Illinois Food Bank. She is absolutely marvelous. It is a marvelous institution. We learned a lot on this episode concerning what types of folks uh, are food insecure, how we can help them, uh, what the differences are between food banks and food pantries, and so much more. We hope that the rest of your day is marvelous, and we look forward to catching up with you all real soon. But remember, give a little bit of yourself to the community, and in reality, you will be giving a bit of yourself to yourself as well. Thanks for listening to Talk of the Town. We'll be back next Sunday morning. Talk of the Town is a public service of Midwest Family Springfield. If you have any questions about today's program or previous programs, contact the show at MidwestFamilySPI.com slash Talk of the Town or call Midwest Family Springfield at 217-629-7077.